Well, I hope everybody's doing great. It's time for another edition of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. My name is Andy Baskin. Meredith Kane is our outstanding producer. And my friend that we are speaking to each and every show is Daryl Ryder, the Browns beat reporter for 92.3 The Fan. Daryl, a uh, couple of things we're going to get to today. Uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the schedule because the schedule was released. Uh, we're also going to get into some of the minutia of what's going on maybe a little bit with minicamp and the rookies coming in and social media. It is a hot topic, and you found yourself in the middle of a firestorm again this week. So, Daryl, hello. How are you? How are things going? I, I am good. Uh, the schedule is out. We can make plans uh, for the upcoming season. We know where we need to be and when. And I, I do kind of feel like the schedule guide smiled on the Browns just a little bit to kind of give them – a bit of a jump start this year. So uh, it's good the schedule's out. Rookie minicamp uh, takes place over the weekend. Uh, that's exciting. The Browns signed a bunch of their uh, draft picks as well. Uh, so, yeah, good times to be had here in the offseason. And, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I got drilled pretty good this week by Browns fans. <laughs> uh, you're going to want to listen to what's going on behind the scenes on that, so make sure you're sticking around for the entire podcast. And if you like the podcast and what you've heard before or what you're hearing for the first time today, we're glad you're on board. All you need to do is subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. And remember, you wanted to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, Daryl, I, I, first let's start here. I, you know, we work with a guy and maybe for a guy in the poobah that we call on our show, Andy Roth, that just thinks schedule day is like he is like a five-year-old at his own birthday party looking to watch these schedules come out and make such a big deal about it. We knew who the team was going to play home and away. We just didn't know what the order was. Right. And by the way, I mean, anyone that follows the league, if they have any source at all, had the schedule leaked well before the television shows last night. Uh, is there a different way to handle the schedule release um, so that things – is it good that things get leaked out or is it bad that things – I'm just kind of – I think it's one of the most overrated days, but it's still fun, and I can, like, a pitch that's coming on the inside, and I know our team needs to get to first base. I'll lean in and I'll take a hit because it's not horrible. Well, the NFL is a marketing machine, and they turned a one-day event. Now it's a week-long event, right, because they have right. their television partners uh, every morning releasing a, a, a select game on television, okay? I, I think it's, they're going to find a way to drag the thing out even longer than what it already is. Uh, someone made uh, a suggestion that they release a, a game each day, for like the Ugh. 200 and however many games the, the league ends up playing. I'm like, yeah, please don't give the NFL marketing people any ideas because if we have like <laughs> 258 days of this stuff, uh, yeah, it's not going to be good for anybody. But um, it s certainly helps with uh, you know writing and, and things like that when stuff comes out uh, a little earlier. Um, uh, there's a reason that we're able to have like a thousand words published the moment the schedule's released for uh, exactly you know exactly for, for you know fans that wonder how we turn content around so quickly um there's this thing a uh, little behind the scenes for you because that's what we like to sure. do here on the podcast is take you behind the scenes um and so it, it's called embargo so the agreement is we get the schedule you know a couple hours in advance and we agree that we will not release any of the information and we will wait for the official announcement. And what that allows us to do is to knock out some, con some content for you to, 
to be able to consume as soon as that schedule is officially announced by the team uh, and the league. So uh, it's it, it's very helpful for us because that means we're not up till midnight and 2 a.m. writing stuff uh, about the schedule. Very, very helpful there. Uh, certainly appreciative uh, of that. Uh, and, and again, it just kind of gives us an idea of how the calendar is uh, you know going to fall and where the Browns are going to be and what week and, and whatnot. So we're going to break the schedule down for you. All 17 games, uh, we'll give our thoughts as far as how we think the Browns are going to fare week to week. And, of course, uh, you know, are they going to make the playoffs this year? Daryl, let's go back to that embargo thing real quick. Embargo works for people who are covering the team on a daily basis. But if, uh, I don't know, someone's sitting in a bar and happens to be work, sitting next to somebody who works for one of these teams and the schedule pops up and they look over and they glean, and they glean in and they're like, oh, look at that. Uh, the Browns are going to open up with Carolina. They don't care about embargo. They're just going to go with it and tell you. That's why I thought it was super interesting uh, during the schedule release day that there was a guy that went on Twitter, or a guy or girl, gal, I'm not sure, um, that went on Twitter and did a whole thing called NFL schedule leaks yeah. and made up everybody's schedule. And <laughs> like by midday in the, in the process was like, ha ha, I got 10,000 followers and I made up all of these schedules. Yeah, it was hysterical. Not, it, it was crazy because he, he makes up all the schedules. God bless him for having that kind of time. Number one. Right. And then number two, after he builds this massive following in the blink of an eye, he got like 10,000 followers in a couple of hours he then nuked his own account and was like, y'all stupid for following me. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was pretty funny. Now, there there was a Brown schedule that was circula- was circulating on, on Twitter, and the hardest thing uh, to do when you actually know the schedule because you're, you're under the embargo you, do, and you you don't do anything to violate that trust. Trust is very important in our business. The hardest thing to do is to tell fans whether or not that schedule is authentic or not. And, uh, yes, the one that was circulating, uh, circulating on Twitter ended up ultimately being uh, authentic. Uh, but, yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it was entertaining for me to watch that one account gather all those f- followers and then just basically dump all over everybody <laughs> in the middle of the day. He – he or she, the the creator of that particular account, really kind of had an opportunity to, to drag that thing out all day. I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't. Yeah, but, I was uh, surprised too. They kind of gave up early. Yeah, during our show, uh, our over the air show with Jeff Phelps, that you know, like I had what I believed to be the schedule for pretty much the entire show, um, but yet it was you, you never know, and you don't. And, and beyond that, you, you you're right about the embargo stuff, and so you don't really want to do that. So I went hard at the end of the show and just said I went for what wasn't a game, and I'm like, all I want is a week nine bye. Just give me that week nine bye. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew they had the week nine bye, so I'm not right. Nostradamus on that. But it was just so, you know. And by the way, that week nine bye is a pretty big deal. I think having one in the middle of the season, uh, you can't ask for anything better. I think the late bye is not good, and an early bye is horrible. Yeah, that, Horrible well, the December team. buy they had last season really sucked the life out of them. Um, yes. Because, I mean, they basically limped to the finish line. Granted, injuries plus the December COVID outbreak uh, certainly were contributing factors to that. Uh, but, yeah, the, the buy falls at a perfect time for them. First weekend uh, of uh, 
uh, of November, actually, to, I guess you could say technically. Uh, yeah, it is. It's it's the first weekend because they'll play on Halloween, which I totally love. We'll get into that. Uh, I do, too. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, the, the bye week comes there. The, the fir- first official weekend uh, of November uh, sets up a, 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 t- a pretty tough stretch run because they're only going to play three home games the rest of the way, and they have three back-to-back road trips uh, sprinkled in there as well. So uh, favorable early on, uh, going to have to be road warriors down the stretch uh, if they're going to get to the postseason. So I, when I initially saw what the schedule was, I was like, okay, well, this this isn't – first of all, I, I want to go look at strength of schedule, but I know it's garbage because you never know what a team's going to be like from year to year. Yeah. And you never – that's the beauty of the NFL, and I think that's why we're all hooked because you really don't know. One time you, you could be a team – like the Bengals are the, are the prime example of a team that you just don't know. I You know – they're not the respect factor for Cincinnati is is minimal at this point. I can't tell you how many people I've heard ah one hit wonder one hit wonder. Well, they get to go out and prove it. But the beauty of the league again is you just don't know what a team's going to be, and you can look and say, okay, well, you know, we're playing, uh, I don't know, at Houston, you know, and they were four and thirteen last year, and they're going to suck. Well, you don't know what they're going to look like when you get there in week thirteen, and you don't know what you're going to look like in week thirteen. So. That's the one issue I have with the schedule game is you just don't really know. Yes, it's fun. And the other part of this, and we'll talk about this right now, and then we'll get into more of the, the, the meat, and I still want your initial reaction, um, that you look at strength of schedule, and like the Bengals have the third hardest strength of schedule based on last year's uh, records of the teams they're playing at a 520 clip. The Browns and Jets are both setting up for the 17th hardest schedule, but it's under 500. It's at 495. And then the one that scares me the most, if you believe in strength of schedule, is the Ravens. Their schedule is the 23rd hardest, which is – or 23rd easiest? Hardest? I don't know how you want to look at it. Hardest. At 474. So that scares the you-know-what out of me because we know what the Ravens are, what the Ravens can be, and now you're going to hand them the 23rd easiest schedule in the NFL. That, to me, was like an eye-opener because that makes me think, boy, this could be some year for Baltimore. Well, a couple years ago, just because I got really bored in the offseason, I actually did a strength of schedule study. Now, granted, this was where uh, during the period where the Browns were stringing together last place finishes uh, on an annual basis, but uh, it was pretty close going into the season what the strength of schedule was, and then ultimately the schedule the Browns ended up playing. It, it was was fairly comparable. There wasn't uh, There wasn't a great disparity in that, so... I do think it all evens out in the end, but you're right. Um, when when you look at strength of schedule, you have to understand teams completely uh, overhaul their their rosters in the offseason. You know, to your point about Cincinnati and being accused of being the one-hit one or whatever, I only go that route when they blow up the team in the offseason. The Bengals didn't get blown up in the offseason. In fact, they rebuilt they their offensive better. line, and they arguably yeah, they are, a, are, are a better uh, football team. So, I still say the Bengals are the team to beat. You're 100% about the, uh, right about the Ravens. Uh, they're very, very good. I'm extremely cautious about burying the Pittsburgh Steelers because every time I do, Easter comes and they rise from the dead. So uh, I uh, this is one of the toughest divisions uh, in the NFL, the AFC North, but uh, the Browns have the personnel uh, to compete and position themselves to have a, the ability to win the division 
that's the good news. The bad news is they haven't won a division since 1989. So we'll see. All right. Um, uh, interesting note on the Jets coming up. You're going to want to hear this, Browns fan. So we'll tell you about that coming up here in a second. We're going to go through the schedule. We're going to play the schedule game. We'll see how many games we think the Browns are going to win this season coming up. But uh, you're going to do some juggling on that, and we'll get into that when we come back. And you don't want to miss Daryl's behind-the-scenes stuff of social media for him this week. And I, I can't wait to hear what went down and how things happened. It's all interesting, and I'm like, wow, I can't wait to hear this. So, all right, it's always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, well, you better remember to subscribe to it. It's always game day in Cleveland feed. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's always game day in Cleveland.